All right. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, just quick thank you from all of us. We, we wouldn't be where we are without uh, all of you. And just thank you for um, all the sacrifices that you've made for us. And we really um, wouldn't be where we are without you. Um, so, uh, Pastor Steve, we've really enjoyed your 40-minute uh, sermons. But this is going to be that 22-minute TED Talk sermon you like to talk about. Um, so whenever Tyler told me that I was going to be preaching about three weeks ago, uh, you know, you start to think about what are things you're passionate about? What, uh, what do you want to talk about? What are some favorite scriptures? Um, and uh, what's the c- kind of current world situation? What's relevant right now? And so kind of what I landed on was uh, what's relevant right now and uh, one of my favorite scriptures. So in our world right now, there's a lot of worry uh, and anxiousness and fear. Um, so this could be over job status, right? Um, unemployment is at one of is at its highest it's been in a long time. A lot of people are uh, losing jobs. A lot of people's businesses are struggling. Um, there's questions about what what the what your job may look like in the future. So there's worry there. Um, worry can come in future plans for us. Um, we're getting emails every day of what what is our college experience going to look like this this next year? What's moving week going to look like? What's um, just so many questions and unknowns um, that could lead to worry and fear. Um, you know, just future plans, trying to move houses could be difficult right now. And there's just a general sense of anxiety in our world right now. And something that's really interesting about the word worry. So it comes from this German word, vorgon, which means to choke or to strain. So worrying in, a, in and of itself means to hold, hold down and choke or strain. It leaves you right where you are. So today we're going to be talking about Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Um, so just the, some quick context of it. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And so this is the quintessential idea of what is a sermon provided by Jesus. Um, this is, uh, he'd really started to begin gaining a following. This is towards the beginning of his ministry. So um, he's speaking to the, the disciples and a crowd at this point. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So before we really kind of start to break down this passage, I want to talk about first the difference between what worry is and what concern is. Those two words are often kind of just put in the same boat, um, but there's a big difference between worrying and concerning. So worrying is the attempt to control the future that eats you up without doing anything about it. It's like you're stuck in quicksand. You're just, uh, you're stuck in this one spot and drowning and you're not doing anything about your situation. Whereas concern is realizing something needs to be done and putting plans into place for this to get done. So this passage, it's not saying don't prepare for the future, don't try to make plans, but it's saying don't worry and don't uh, be so stuck in, in worry that you can't move on and make plans. So this passage is broken down into three, three parts. So there's the rule, the reason, and the redirection. 
So the first off is the rule. It's the simple do not worry. It's exactly, it's the shortest, simplest way that this section can be broken down. It says do not worry. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And so I really like how the Amplified Bible version says this. It says, therefore I tell you, stop being worried or anxious. That is perpetually uneasy and distracted about your life. So that's exactly what worrying is not concerning. It's being perpetually uneasy. It's being stuck in this uh, distraction and not being able to focus on what life is really about. And so in this section, it's saying don't worry about these worldly things that are holding you down. Don't worry about um, eating, drinking uh, clothes because those aren't the, the important things and the true important things in our life. Because as Christians and as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have more eternal matters to attend to, Right? So when we read this, the question then becomes, why are we not to worry? Um, Because I think a lot of times we don't usually think of worry as this big sin per se, right? But there's not many more sins that I can think of that are more useless and self-defeating. In and of itself, worry is you defeating yourself and holding yourself back. You're not gaining anything, you're just holding yourself back. So I think a really good way to think about worry is there's this analogy, it's called the dense fog analogy. And so imagine you're in downtown Nashville, you're in a big city, and you see it's really dense fog. You can't see more than 50, 60 feet in front of you. Imagine seven square blocks. So seven square blocks of this big city is covered in dense fog. The amount of uh, fog that is can be, the condensation in the air can be put into one glass of water. So that's what worry does. It takes one glass of water and makes us this huge thing that can cover seven square blocks and hold us back and we can't see what's in front of us. So the best way to think about why we're not to worry and why we, uh, don't, why we don't need to worry about these worldly things is because we don't know our future, right? We, we don't know where we're going to be in a year, in five years, ten years, but we do know the one who knows our future. So that's what we can rely on. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, do not be... Uh, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and give you a hope in the future. So we can lean on that fact that God God has our back, and he's for us and has a plan for us. So that was was the rule, uh, do not worry. So next comes the reason. The reason comes in two parts. There's because he's your father and because of the future we have in front of us. Verse 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I think this verse, a part that gets looked over a lot, is this emphasis on your heavenly father. It doesn't say the bird's creators feed them. It doesn't say the bird's uh, maker feeds them. It says that your heavenly father, the maker of us, uh, feeds the birds and keeps and promises to, to uh, take care of them. Because no bird is created in the image of God. No bird has the promises that we have. And no bird has anywhere close to the same value as each one of God's children. Yet he still takes care of them. So what makes us think that, you know, he can't take care of us? A lot of times we, I think we can forget that the sacrifice that God, that God made for us, the, the sacrifice of sending his son and all the promises he's given us, we, we can forget how big God is and how true to his word he is. And so when we worry like this, when we worry about worldly things, when we worry about what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, Worry like this advertises that we don't fully trust God. When we worry like this, it advertises that we, fully, we, that we don't fully trust God. So that, so that was the first part of the reason, because he's your father and because of who he made you to be. And, next, and then the reason, too, is the future we have in front of us. 
As followers of Christ, we know our ultimate future. You know, we, we may not know exactly what uh, every detail of our future, but we know our ultimate uh, eternal future is resting with Christ. Our culture seems to be obsessed with the future and trying to plan out every detail, when in reality we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, if you think back a year ago, none of us would have thought we had to be six feet apart in church and couldn't get a haircut for, six, or for three months. And just the situation that we're in, no one could have uh, predicted that, but it happens. And that's exactly what the future is. We have, you know, we can put these plans in place, but they're going to change. Things will change, and that's where we have to lean on God. Verse 27 says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And so this verse, there's a couple different uh, translations of this verse. But So some say add a single hour to your life. Some say add a cubit to your stature. But the point is the same, that we can't add anything to our life by worrying. See, worrying, it only takes, it never gives. It's not like if you plan out, I'm going to worry for a year, and I may not be exactly where I want in life, but I'll still be financially stable and do this. Now, when you worry, it leaves you right, it, you're stuck right where you are. Wor- so worrying, it doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it only empty, empties away today of its strength. So worrying doesn't help the future, it only hurts today. So don't cripple the present by worrying about the future, because we know who has our ultimate future. Verse 28 through 30, it says, why do you, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So this is again just talking about how we see our value in Christ. A lot of times we, we just forget how much he loves us and we can just look at his creation. We look at the simple fields of grass and realize that that's more beautiful than the most beautiful thing that a man can make, such as, like it talked about Solomon, all the robes and the gold, that even, even as beautiful as uh, things as man can make, it doesn't compare to what God can make. And God calls us his most beautiful creation. We're his beloved. So when we can remember that, we remember our value. So then we get to, we have the, the rule, do not worry. The reason, because he's our father and because of our future in front of us. And then here's the meat of the passage. It's the redirection. It's the what do we do now? Since we're, if we're not to worry, what do we do? Verse 31 through 33, it says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So it lays out plain and simple that we deal with worry by getting our mindset on the kingdom of God, and instead of worrying, do work. So instead of worrying, we do work. Like it, you look back at verse 26. Wow, that picture's really blurry. It's all good, though. All right, so verse 26, it says, look at the birds, right? So when we look at the birds, we, we hear the songs of, of praise to the Lord. We hear, um, we see them flying around, and we see them doing work. They're going, they're uh, making their nests, they're getting food for their young but they're not just sitting there idly by waiting for God to drop a worm in their mouth. They're, they're not worried about the future or what they're doing, but they're working f- towards it. We're not just to be lazy and sit with our mouths open uh, waiting for our needs to be fulfilled, but we're to do kingdom work uh, while trusting that God will provide. Jesus didn't tell us to just stop worrying and that's it. He didn't say stop worrying and that's, that's the end of the day. He said stop worrying by replacing worry with a concern for the kingdom. Because when you think about it, a habit, 
uh, a habit can only be replaced uh, by a greater passion. So when we have this habit of worrying, it can only be replaced when we have this greater passion for doing the work of the Lord and having in our relationship with the Lord. So when we think about uh, doing work, so what does that mean? What does it mean to seek his kingdom first and stay busy? So there's just a couple sim- simple things. One, praying. Praying is so, so simple and so easy, but a lot of times we forget the magnitude of it, that we can have a conversation one-on-one with the creator of everything around us. We can have a conversation with the one who created us, the one who loves us, the one who sent his son to die for us. Praying, and it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out, this beautiful prayer. It can just be simple conversations about how your day was, um, what you're working on, what little things. So praying. Another thing is digging into the word. There's so much meat in scripture and there's so many things that we can learn. There's so much that um, you, know, you can read the Bible three, four times and still not, not grasp even close to what the, what the Lord has to offer for us. The, you know, like, uh, in, there's always something new we can learn in every situation in life we're in. And so digging into the word is so important to doing the work of the Lord. Um, the next is blessing others. So blessing others, it can be simple things like uh, you know, taking them to lunch. And right now we have a really good opportunity because I'm sure all of us know people who are more in that high risk category and uh, you know, they, they can't leave their house very much. We can make them food, we can go get groceries for them. It's simple things that we can bless others with, compliments. Um, it's just being who Jesus would be and serving others, not serving yourself. Um, the next thing, praying for others. Praying for others is so important in uh, your walk with Christ, and it helps in their walk for Christ as well. And then uh, the final thing I have is holding each other accountable. When I look back at you know, my relationship with God, the, the best times in that relationship is whenever I have uh, a group of brothers and sisters who are pushing me to be, be better, and then I can push to be better. When you have each other you, audit, you just grow so much better and you see each other's struggles, you see each other's wins and you're supporting each other in everything. Um, so when all this comes together, we're, we truly are no longer slaves to fear, to worry, to anxiety. We're no longer slaves to the things of this world, but we truly become servants of God. We, we become who he wants us to be. And so a practical thing we can do is, uh, as we know, worry, worry will come up. We will be worried about things, about the future, about our plans, um, about college, but there's a really easy practical thing to do is we build up an arsenal of verses to be ready for when worry comes uh, and when the worry and the fear comes in. So Philippians 4, 6, um, it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Psalms 9, 10 says, those who seek your, uh, seek your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. The next time worry comes in, it says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Another good one is Psalms 27. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord. And probably the most well-known one that um, people can quote about anxiety is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. Cast all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So as we, uh, as we are ready for the worry and we become prepared, uh, we, we look to Matthew 6 and just this last little section of the verse, uh, it's in verse 34, it says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This verse, it's a last little kind of reality check of um, promising that, like, worry will come, life isn't easy, and it won't always be, be amazing. But it does promise that God will get you through each day if you take it day by day and, like, take these worries one at a time and aren't putting uh, the worries of the future at forefront in your mind. It promises this in Lamentations two, uh, 3, 22 through 23. It says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So verse 34 of Matthew 6 says that these worries are new every day, but Lamentations 3 promises that God's compassions, God's mercies, they're new every day. So we can take these worries that come day by day because we have these new mercies, these promises that God has for us, these new compassions every day to combat these worries. So remember the rule is do not worry. The reason is because of your father and who he is and the future you have in front of you. And then the redirection. We transform our worries into work because of the one who promises to provide us with all that we need. So we can look at the birds, feel his peace, and remember not to worry. All right, pray with me. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for just uh, this idea of Father's Day, and thank you for being our ultimate father. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. I pray that we never forget who you are and uh, what, what you mean to us, Lord. Lord, I pray um, that we can really be prepared as these worries uh, come in life and um, as we, none of us know what our future holds, what the whole uh, situation it will be in the next three, four months. But Lord, I pray that we lean into you and that we trust fully and rely fully on you, Lord. I thank you for uh, this class. I thank you for how they've pushed me and how we've pushed each other. And um, I pray that we continue to follow you with everything that we are, Lord. Um, I pray that you, you guide our steps and you uh, truly make us servants and missionaries for you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.